This is episode 66 of the Steady Trade Podcast with your host, Tim Bowen. I always say, if you have a coulda, woulda, shoulda attitude in trading, you're going to have a bad time. And Steven Johnson. Well, I woke up in a few random beds over the weekend, but that's nothing to do with the neck brace. Today, the guys once again chat with fellow trader Eric Russell. Eric spends some time today explaining why he looks to trade more than just penny stocks. It's another good one, so let's jump right in. Welcome back to possibly the most ridiculous episode of the Steady Trade Podcast. Now, not ridiculous because of our guest. We have one of our favorite guests, for, uh, uh, repeat appearance, Eric Russell. But <laughs> I'm looking at my co-host partner, Stephen, after, after weeks of, of, of making the same repetitive mistakes, compounding losses, overstaying in trades, we've, we finally had a breakthrough. On, on a recent episode, <laughs> and he shows up today in a neck brace. So before we welcome Eric, Eric Russell, AR Please, Trading on Twitter, uh, Stephen, you got to give me a little bit of background because I had no idea. Or, or maybe I'm being punked. I don't know at this point. What neck brace? <laughs> <laughs> you, I'm, you think I'm wearing a neck brace? <laughs> Uh, you guys can see the neck brace. I thought I was too low for the camera. You guys can see it. Hey, it's it's not that noticeable. <laughs> uh, Eric made a joke earlier saying that after my recent losses, I had I hung myself, and I and I thought, well, I thought I thought about jumping off the balcony, but I'd, but I'd never come to the conclusion of hanging myself. But uh, no, the neck the neck brace. Uh, it, it doesn't come from hanging myself. Hey, does anyone want to have any other guesses? Any other guesses? I saw some of your Instagram posts, and last I knew you were having a pretty good weekend, but I, I don't know. I, I have no guesses. Well, I woke up in a few random beds over the weekend, but that's nothing to do with the neck brace. What actually happened is, and I'll just drop some clues, it, it involved a crowbar. A multi-millionaire in a Twitter argument. <laughs> okay, so it is. So it is a prank. It is a prank then. Tim Sykes took took tying me up a step further, and he's now beating me with a crowbar when I take big losses. <laughs> but I'm not. I'm not meant to tell anyone. Okay, so okay, so you're just gonna make keep it as like a domestic abuse type situation. So. It's a psychsmastic abuse. No, that's a terrible one. And no, no, what happened was I've just been looking down at my computer far too long and making far too many videos and balancing a job. And it's uh, just a bit of strain, but I'll be, I'll be fine and back in action in a day or two without the neck brace. But I thought, I'd keep, to just, just, I thought I'd keep it on for a laugh. <laughs> you're supposed to do what, what, what Eric and I would do and just rub some dirt on it, man. Come on, man go. up. <laughs> I'm just a, I'm just a fairy Englishman. Just a fairy Englishman. <laughs> just, a, just a, just a girly little Englishman. So, now, now, if you're watching on YouTube, try not to laugh through this entire episode. Do your best. So, again, I'd like to welcome back Eric. Um, Eric was one of our guests a couple months ago, and one of our most popular uh, episodes because. You know, we really kind of got into the nitty gritty of, of, of Eric kind of finding his way uh, as a trader and, and refining his style. And, you know, 
I was really proud of the episode because we really kind of got in depth into yeah. a lot of topics. And because of that, we got a ton of comments. Eric got a ton of comments, basically requesting him back. So I think we recorded that episode. I think it was back about spring break time. So yeah. now we're, we're recording in the summer. So welcome back, Eric. Well, thanks for having me back. It's a, it's been a good, uh, it's been a good few months. So kind of like, like, why don't you kind of get us up to speed? Because last episode was kind of leading up, you know, your journey as a trader, you know, finding Sykes and finding your own way and so on and so forth. Kind of, kind of get us up to speed on, on what has changed since, uh, since the spring. Well, I mean, not a whole lot has changed in that regard. I mean, you know, what we, what we talked about last time is kind of where I started to where I'm at now. And, uh, you know, just like most traders who start out there, I'm working a nine to five job, you know, trying to trade whenever I can learning as much as I can. And, you know, we talked a little bit about last time, like three or four years ago. Yeah. I, I found Sykes on Instagram and I started there and then I kind of moved out, you know, I traded the penny stock niche there for a little bit, but I found that really wasn't for me. You know, it's not that I don't trade penny stocks anymore, but um, I kind of wanted to, broaden my horizons you know, so well and you, know, and, and, you know yeah and a lot of what you're doing is and, and it's something that i do as well and that is you know you're you're trading the whether you call them higher priced or better quality or whatever you're, you're trading the the quote-unquote real stocks that are moving like penny stocks you yeah know? you know and a lot of people get scared away because of its higher price you know, just because it's higher price doesn't mean that it doesn't trade like a penny stock. I mean, I've been trading IQ for like a month now. Like every day I have IQ among us. And, you know, you have all these sympathy IPOs right now, like Huya and CUO and then Dropbox. All these IPOs is a hot sector. You know, in 2016, we had the low float mania, right? Because basically every day you woke up and if it had a low float to it, you just pick a stock, throw a dart at it, and you're basically going to make 250% that day, right? It really didn't matter. That's kind of the way the IPO market is right now. Um, basically, for whatever reason, you know, one moves and they all just go bananas. Well, and the beauty of, again, you know, IQ, it's like, a, you know, it's a $20, $30 stock, but the beauty of it is when it moves 5 $6 a share, even, it, you know, and this is what I talk about, the rule of 10, and I, I didn't, I didn't create the rule of 10. It's just, I, I got it from somebody, but you know, I always tell people it's like, Hey, you can trade a $2 sock and make 50 cents, or you can make a $20 stock and make five bucks a share. It's the same movement. It's the same position size. So that's something that, that I give you credit because it's something I talk about a lot is you don't have to be scared of these $20 stocks. No. If you have a small account. No, and you know the good thing about sm small accounts, especially trading these higher price stocks, is you don't have to take large position sizes. You can still make a really good amount of money in a short amount of time by trading a hundred shares or two hundred shares. Right? You take two hundred shares and the stock moves five or six bucks. That's a good day. There you go. That's a good day. <laughs> I mean, that's like a really great day. You know, because it what it does, what I found it does, is that it lowers, it lessens your emotional response it lessens the stress that you're going because you know as a penny stock trader i'll never forget the the, the post that you put 
Tim, is the guy trading, uh, I think it was binary options. <laughs> that, was, that was epic. You know, he's like, he's like, oh, it's about to make, you know, I'm about to, to win, and it's going up and down. He's like, oh, oh, yeah. it's going to be good. And then it drops. He's like, oh, my goodness. Oh, no. He freaks out, right? And then he goes, oh, that'll be okay. Oh, no. Oh, okay. Oh, my God. No. Oh, oh it's okay. Oh, and then he loses. He's like, oh. So that's like the mindset of, you know, when you're when, – for most traders, you know, I, w- I would say. And so trading, trading penny stocks, you know, and, and penny stocks aren't – I don't say that penny stocks are bad, right? There's no good or bad or right or wrong way to trade, right? It's just what I found – because I've come from the penny stock market into that other market, which people are a little more shy away from because of the price and they don't really know how to trade all the other stuff that comes along with it. Right. Because you have analysts involved, you have, you know, bank, you know, like JP Morgan, these analysts from these big banks and stuff that are all involved as opposed to penny stocks where it's just, you're trading on press releases and all the fluff behind the penny stock because without the PRs, penny stocks aren't really going to move unless it's some sort of, you know, biotech stock that's got, you know, uh, new sort of FDA approvals and all these yeah, other or, stuff. Or if it's like some random crap, <laughs> you so, know? Yeah, no, just because I remember when I, when I had my fall, a couple of people reached out to me, which is one of the cool things about the trader community. And Eric was like, please let, just give me a chance to help you learn a little bit about the higher price stocks because I know you'll nail them. And, and so what I wanted to ask was, where did you where did you get stuck with penny stocks and then how did you start to learn the higher priced ones and what were the, the, the what was the transition phase that you took on to start getting the higher price stocks? Well my, my my thing was with the penny stocks, I saw like I had a friend of mine that I've been trading with, you know, I met him through the trading community. He lives in here in Houston. Um, a lot of you guys may or might may know him, you know, through you know Airplane Jane, you know Airplane Jane. Sure. Yeah, um, yeah. And he's a buddy of mine, you can find at Wolves of Wall Street you know, um, find him on Twitter at Wolves of Wall Street. He's a real good personal friend of mine. And we, we started at the same time. We started the same way, but he was trading every stock. I was trading penny stocks, right? And he kept telling me there's more out there, right? You, you know, and I saw him and he's progressed so far. And it's not that he was a penny stock trader or he was a all around trader. He just, just traded whatever, right? I saw the opportunities that were out there because not every day in the penny stock market, you get a, excuse me, a hundred or 200% mover. You know, we talked about this last time that there may be those days where, you know, and you see it on Twitter all the time, uh, market's done. There's nothing to trade, right? That may be true in the small caps, right? Because when the market is red, usually the small cap stuff is dead. Earning season, small caps are usually dead for the most part. Not that you don't get that big runner like, you know, Jivo or, you know, you get the HMNYs that, that come up uh, every so often. Um, but for me personally, I like the fact that, you know, if I'm going to do this full time, I want to have an opportunity because that's why I got into this is to have an opportunity every single day, right? I want to ma- maximize my opportunity every day. So if the penny stock sector, however you want to classify it, is not moving – I have something that I can go trade uh, the TVXs or the UVXY when it's like today when the market is just in the toilet, right? <laughs> you can trade the UVXY and the TVX and they've got wide, such big range. You can still make money in a down market. Uh, you can, you know, like look at Netflix or 
uh, all these other stocks, Facebook, you can trade those when the market is volatile, whether it's up or down, right? Some, you know, here lately, it's been a little bit choppy where it's not really picking the direction, but uh, I just wanted to maximize um, my opportunity. And I mean, I was very fortunate enough to, to meet a gentleman named AJ. Um, most, some of you guys may or may not, I'm, uh, I trade with him and a bunch of other professional guys in a trading uh, awesomecalls.com. I was very fortunate enough, you know, we kind of, I saw what he was doing on Twitter. I don't know how I found it, but I just saw it on Twitter and I just kind of looked into it. We kind of conversed for about a week. He said, come over, you know, let me just show you what, what, what happens, you know, outside the penny stock world. Right. I said, okay, you know, let me, let me give it a chance. Right. So I went in the first week, I just kind of sat back and watched and I saw it, it basically was an eye opening experience at that point because I didn't know, that how to trade that type of stock right i was always like most traders like oh well that's i know how to trade penny stocks as we trade the crap we trade the news right right. you know whatever bs news is out there we're looking to pounce on it right um but i learned more of how bio biotech stocks really work right i didn't know how to trade bio stocks i just knew that they were up let's go long right i didn't really know the the correct way to trade them in a sense, right? Now I said there's no right or wrong way, but when you know how to trade them and you know the different phases of biotechs, you know, the phase one, the phase two, the phase threes, and then the FDA approvals, you know how, what to look for and why they're going to either go up and fade or they'll just get a certain point and then you look to short them. Um, I learned how to trade earnings really, really well, right? I didn't know how to trade earnings very well. All I knew was basically, you don't really want to short an earnings winner at 52 week highs, Stephen. But um, <laughs> oh, oh, there's the yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> but you, you know, you don't want to be shorting an earnings winner, you know, on 52 week highs because you know people ask me, well, where's the next target on a 52 week high? Who knows, right? You know, it could be at 50 dollars right now, and tomorrow it could be at 100 bucks. You know, you saw the same thing with you know recent. Uh, GOS, you know, we saw Goose and then we saw WWE come up. Um, you know, we've been trading, we've been trading Weight Watchers since it was in the $14. Remember back yep. a couple of years ago when Weight Watchers was 14 bucks, you know, and here it sits at like $102, you know, today. But what I was fortunate, you know, to learn from these gentlemen, um, and I just want to give, you know, a quick credibility to those guys, AJ and uh, a gentleman named Spartan Trading. Um, I was a very technical based trader and still am to this day, you know? Um, but I actually learned how to trade options as well. And if you really want to build a small account, learn how to trade options, right? Because I mean, I recently learned how to trade options and I was trading Netflix, right? A $400 stock, right? But with options, you only need 400 bucks, three, $400. And it basically netted for $400 investment netted about $1,100 return, right? Overnight. And that right there, when I saw stuff like that, I'm like, holy crap, you know, that's an opportunity that I need. So even if I can't trade the equity side of it, I've got the knowledge up here to go to my, you know, plan B, right? If small caps are nothing there, I can't trade anything that's really presents my setup, right? Well, then let me look at options. So I've got all these different avenues to capitalize on my opportunity now. Well, I think that is, you know, that's something, you know, we, we talk about FOMO a lot. All traders talk about FOMO. And I think one of the, one of the drawbacks 
of penny stocks is exactly what you said. I mean, sometimes there's just nothing going on today. There's basically nothing. And then you end up doing random stuff over trading, trading stuff that right. just isn't, isn't your, even your style because you haven't built out that toolbox. Yeah. And you, you are, and as a penny stock trader, you know, I used to, that's what I was always, that's what caused me more losses is the, I need to find something, right? right. I got to find something to trade. I, I'm, I may have that day off and I'm like, I'm trading today. Something's happening today. Come hell or high water, I'm trading, right? Which is a total wrong mentality to have in the first place. <laughs> You're like, I'm just going to take a trade and see what happens, right? It's like trading, you know, midday, right? Not really a whole reason to trade midday, right? I don't, I mean, just right now, uh, I I didn't really like what was going on in today's market, so I just basically took the day off. I went. Oh, there, there's 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 a reason we record these podcasts at noon Eastern. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I I didn't really trade today because I just wasn't, you know, over the weekend and I was enjoying life. Right, I had a good weekend. I you know I looked at the the market, the the futures report this morning. Things weren't looking that great to begin with. We were set to open a few hundred points down, anyways. And you know, I didn't really have to trade. Right. Because I know tomorrow the market's going to be there. I'm not missing anything. You know, if the market's not there tomorrow, then we're all in trouble. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's a valuable, you know, everybody. And, and we talk about this from time to time. You know, it's like there, there's so many things. And, and obviously you got to work your ass off in trading. But there's also a diminishing return to trying too hard when there's nothing right. out there. I mean, I mean, Hey, again, I, you know, I talk about my biggest loss ever was um, it was either FAS or FAZ, the, the triple leverage ETFs back in 2007, 2008, when those were really hot, there was just like nothing going on in penny stocks for like a week. So I start trading these triple leverage financial ETFs, which I knew nothing about. And that's my biggest loss of my career. But that's kind of like what you're getting at is you, you get to that point where you're like, well, I got to do something today. I'm not getting anything done. And they can, in my opinion, most of the times it backfires probably two thirds of the time. Yeah. And I was, you know, because I, I don't teach people how to trade stocks, right? What I do now is, you know, every, you know, I hold weekly, sometimes monthly webinars on my technical analysis system that I use because everybody always wants to use indicators. They're always looking for that holy grail indicator that's just going to tell them, uh, you know, when to enter, when to exit. You know, there's, there's not one of those out there, right? I just really basically help traders grade that curve a little quicker with the technical analysis, stuff that it's taken me four years to kind of nail down, right? Because I've been through a hundred different indicators and I've narrowed it down to about four. Now, now I don't, you, you don't necessarily have to give away the secret sauce, but do you mind kind of giving a, you know, people love to hear this type of yeah, stuff. No, and I'll, so you know, one what, of what, what is kind of the breakdown of that? Well, well, you know, just give you an example, like one of the indicators that, you know, I know most, you know, yourself and a lot of traders like to use is the VWAP. VWAP, very strong indicator, you know, because for a lot of traders, if, if price action is below that VWAP, a lot of traders are underwater, right? The, a lot of shorts are locking to push that down. Um, that's when you see a lot of these mutual fund guys and the hedge funds and the bigger money trade off this VWAP, right? Because if, if I'm trading somebody else's money, and I'm looking to buy a million shares, right? My, my best price is at the VWAP, right? If I'm looking to get short, well, without moving the market, I need to scale my positions, right? So I need to get in with the best price, which is VWAP. 
that's usually why you always see the first test of VWAP and usually the second time VWAP test gets rejected. That's usually why, right? Because people were starting to buy that. It's once it finally breaks down, then you see the bias change. So if I'm, if I'm seeing a stock open up very weak and sell off and then it comes back into the VWAP, I'm looking to short it off that VWAP, call it the VWAP slap. I'm sure most, a lot of people have heard that, that term, but the VWAP is a very powerful indicator and it's not, you know, you basically take your, your short or your long as close as you can to the VWAP, setting your stops either just above or below it, not one penny. God forbid somebody does that and I'm going to hear about it. <laughs> you have to give these stocks a little bit of room, meaning 30 or 40 cents. I know that may be a lot for a lot of people, but you have to give stocks room, right? Biggest mistake I always made, um, and I'm the first to admit this, I always always put my stop one penny above, right? You know, you have the high of day and then you set your stop one penny above. And you'll see it come and rip through that four cents, take your stop out, and then come back down. So what I learned is don't ever set your stop one penny above, right? Set it, give it a little bit of room. I say 10, 12 cents. Let it have that wiggle room. You know, and again, if you if you ever, I mean, you know, my point is, and, and we probably have these discussions, you know, if you can't have 10, 20, or 30 cents of, you know, depending on the price of the stock, if you can't give it that kind of leeway, you got way too big of a position size, and that's your right. first problem. I mean, if you're freaking out over a few freaking pennies, you need to get your size down first before you start worrying about other stuff. Yeah, I mean, like some of the stocks I trade now, you know, I used to have that. I would enter position and my stop is like five cents away, (laughs) right? Now my stops are, I have to, we're looking at technical support and resistance, right? We're not setting arbitrary stops. You can't just get into a trade and say, well, I'm going to go with a thousand shares. I'm going to put my stop 20 cents away. Well, that does you no good because what if the support level is 40 cents away, right? You're going to get stopped out and take a loss, and then you're going to be wondering, well, why did I take a loss? And I actually helped a gentleman out over, you know, last week. We had to kind of sit down and say, look, stop doing an arbitrary stop. Learn where your support and resistance levels are based on where you're going to enter the trade. Then say, okay, well, if I'm going to risk $200 on this trade, my share size needs to be adjusted accordingly, right? If it's 40 cents away and I'm going to take a thousand shares, you're not risking a hundred bucks. You're risking 400 now. So adjust those share sizes accordingly. Then if the trade goes right, then we add into it, right? Then you can add on to a winner, right? I don't like adding to a loser and hope it comes back, right? We, we take a position, we scale into it. And then when it goes right, we start adding into it. Um, I think what you're saying there, which I think is quite important is, is you're looking at the bigger picture, picture and you're just having conviction in the trades. You're saying, I'm going to risk this much and I'm going to have conviction that I'm going to be right, right on this setup. Right. Because when we, you know, the whole part of trading is basically we see a setup and we say, okay, well, I like this setup. I know that if I take this setup that whatever your percentage is, you know, 70% of the time I win on this particular setup. I enter here. My stop is down here. My target is here, right? So that's the plan going in. We need to stick to the plan once we're in the trade. We don't, you know, like I said, we talked about before, we don't, Tom Brady doesn't get to the huddle, call play, and then when he hikes the ball, he's about to throw it. He doesn't change the play in the middle of the play, right? The play either works or it doesn't. And be okay with that. Be okay that it didn't work, okay? Maybe it was just the timing, right? Maybe you got in just a little early, right? It's okay. Take the loss, step back, reanalyze your position, Look at the chart or what it's telling you, right? We, we trade the chart, not what we think is going to happen. So I think, I think that – go ahead. Go on. 
I think the other important thing is keeping in mind the audience of this podcast is predominantly penny stock traders. A lot of a lot of penny stock traders are thinking, well, I've just spent all of this time learning penny stocks. How much of this is going to apply to learning the higher price stocks? And is that not a, a whole nother challenge again? Uh, what would you advise those people? Penny stocks, you know, regardless of the price, we want to trade what's happening in front of us at the time, right? Trade what the chart is telling you. Don't hold on to maybes and should be's and is that right? Maybe uh, kind of looks about right. You know, I always, I always trade. say, I always say, if 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 you if you have a coulda woulda shoulda attitude in trading, man, yeah. you're you're gonna you're gonna have a bad time. Man. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I would say, you know, for for people who are who are trading penny stocks, and I know that's what we're, what majority of the audience is. I would say that let's instead of going full speed ahead, let's take let's take the base hits as as we say, right? Take the base hits. You don't have to trade two, three thousand shares every time, right? Man, just kind of manage your risk a little bit better. Know your risk per trade, right? Find what's comfortable for you, knowing that let's say if I take this trade and things just go in the crapper and it completely reverses on me. I'm okay with losing 200 bucks. I'm absolutely fine. I can say, okay, well, that didn't work. We'll just move on to the next ticker. What a lot of people do is they get, they want, you know, they see the set and they're like, everything focuses in on this one particular setup, this one stock, and everything else just kind of gets fuzzy, right? We lose our, we lose our focus because I used to do it all the time. You know, I'd be like, well, this stock, man, it's up a lot, right? This thing has got to go, right? It's gapping up. It's got to go, right? It's a low float. It's got this great news behind it. This thing is just going to. I love rip. how I just just real quick, and I know I always get yeah. yelled at for, no. for inter- interrupting by the no, audience, you're right. but but no, I just love if, if you're watching it on YouTube. I love how like every experienced penny stock trader always does the air quotes when they say good news. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it is. I, I do it when I'm not even on the webcam, like when I'm yeah. by myself and I'm like talking about the news on, I always do the air quotes. <laughs> yeah. And that's what it is because that's what penny stocks are. They're essentially doing there. It's great news for our company. We believe right. That our stuff, I believe I'm the greatest thing there ever was. That's kind of what the penny stock press releases are all about. Our stuff is the greatest there is, right. We've got this, you know, they always come up with stuff like um, this great agreement. We've entered into a strategic agreement with XYZ company, but there's no details behind that strategic agreement. They just reach an agreement. Well, to me, that really doesn't, that doesn't really bode it being up 40, 50%. Right. So for me, I'm going to look for this thing to basically retrace that gap. Right. Because most gaps get filled anyways. Right. If, If you can remember that you're, you're already ahead of the game. Most gaps get filled, whether they come down and they wash out to fill the gap and then go long. That's fine, but you have to remember when a stock is up, typically likes to retrace its move 50 to 60% and try and fill some of that gap before legging up. That's usually like when you see earnings winners, penny stocks, high price stocks, it doesn't matter. When stuff gaps up, you'll usually see them a lot of the time wash out and people think, well, that's a short, but they only wash out to fill some gap before they leg up, right? Because you have profit takers in there that were bag holders and are now in the money and want to take some of that money, right? But it confuses a lot of myself, it was included. You know, I would try the gap and go strategy. I'm sure you've heard of that, right? You know, it gaps up, breaks the pre market highs, then you go. Well, a lot of times I would get 
just ripped apart because I didn't understand really the bigger picture, right? It was up, it gapped up, it broke pre-market highs. I went in and then it spiked and came right back down and just got destroyed. What I learned is just learning how to read the press releases a little bit better, right? So I would say for the penny stock trader, it's more about understanding what you're looking at, right? Look at those press releases and try and figure out, trying to read between the lines, right? When you see agreements and things like that, unless you're just closing all the details, you know, like if you see penny stock, that's got to deal with Apple. That's a good deal, right? That's the good news, right? But if you see a strategic, we're going to, you know, our, our card readers have, you know, new logos in them and we're going to brand that. That doesn't really warrant much for me to trade that other than to the short side. Something I, you know, you know, keywords I look, you know, first of all, number one, you want to actually see a named partner, you know, a, a big red flag. They'll be like, we've entered a strategic partnership with a very respected company. It's like, wait, who, you know, who is yeah. this? And then, right. and then just another thing before I let you finish, you know, just keys to look for, like look for real dollar amounts, not right. up to $1 million because right. they'll try and slip stuff in on you basically. Right. I want to know that they're getting 12 million up front in cash. You know, let me know that what's going on is real. Not just that we're having a meeting. We talked about this last time that we're having a meeting, right? We're thinking of exploring something later in the future. You just have to really read between all the BS because the, the whole draw to penny stocks is the price. You know, it's people, well, I don't have much money. I can, you know, trade penny stocks because they're low price. And I see everybody on Twitter making thousands of dollars every day, right? Penny stocks, I'm going to tell you, penny stocks are hard to trade. Steven, you know. I mean, you know firsthand. You know, it's not that – I think the, the the misconception is that penny stocks just go two, 300% every single day, Right. They do occasionally. It's not every day, right? They are difficult to trade because of the manipulation behind them, right? Because you have other traders, kind of like myself, who don't really trade penny stocks in the sense that for the price, they're trading them because they know the news behind them, right? Like I used to trade them because of the price. Now I trade them because I see the PRs and the stuff out on them. And I'm like, that doesn't warn anything. Right. That doesn't warrant the move for today. It may later, but for today, you know, if I see an FDA approval, I'm immediately looking on the short side of that. You know, I'm not going to go into all the details why, but that's what I have learned over the course of my trading career is that understanding more about the reasons behind. Right. And that comes into biotechs, how to play biotechs correctly. So, I mean, I mean, I hope that helps, you know, somebody out there to understand that. Don't get caught up in the all penny stocks go up 200%, right? You have to kind of step back and analyze them a little more because they are a little more tricky and they are a little harder to trade. No, no, I, I fully agree. And just to add to that, and that's, that's, that was my secret that I was quick, but I would say I'd look for some news of 50% that wasn't legitimate. And then I'd look for some overhead resistance that was like 60 million plus. And then I think the volume's only a million on the day. It's never going to trade. 60 million so how are you going to get rid of all those people who are underwater and then it would crash and it would crash every time and that works but the problem is when the volume outweighs the overhead resistance or you get these crazy situations where you just get explosive volume then this and then shorts get trapped early shorts reshort and then accounts blow and, yeah, and, the and then and you know and like i said there there again it goes back to chart reading right 
if I do a rent, you know, if we have what the, one of the setups that, you know, is a go-to setup, uh, a green to red move, you know, a green to red rollover, a green to red, basically the stock opens up, it spikes up, tops off, comes back through the opening price and goes red on the day, right? That has a very powerful move. But when you see a stock go green to red and then back to green, that's really not ideal, right? If it told me that it didn't like the opening price and comes through that and fails that, it needs to stay down there. When it's coming back yeah. through that, that tells me that, well, maybe we need to just cut this off and let it develop yeah. before moving on. Because what it tells me is that that short move, that short side move is not valid at this point. This still has strength. That was just a quick profit-taking washout. So we need to reevaluate, get out of your short because on my technical, on my charts, it usually bounces into some sort of moving average or the VWAP, right? Comes into the VWAP and it yeah. tells me that we need to just cut this off and it be there. And there's, and there's the point of being wrong is okay. Right. You look to go short. It didn't work out, cut it loose, reevaluate it, flip it. If you have to be able to flip that trade in an instant, the short didn't work, go long immediately. Right. No big deal. I take a $30 loss here and there. No big deal, but I'm willing to get that back plus more because I'm trading in the trend. And there's another thing trade with the trend. Right. But uh, I've just got one other question really about like two. One of them's a, one of them you can answer at the end. It's how have you done? Last time you said you were developing, learning, learning how to trade like a robot. That's that's yeah. the last question. How much more of a robot are you? But <laughs> the question, the question before that quickly is, um, you've explained some benefits of penny stock trading and some advantages and disadvantages and what to look for and what not look for. How would you tell a penny stock trader to get into the higher price stocks since this is what you mainly trade? I would say. Start by watching them. Watch how they trade. Right. That was my thing for the first week. Is I needed to see how they trade, see how they react on different price levels. Right. Because it's not like penny stocks. Right. It's a completely different beast. They, in my opinion, the higher price stocks, mid and large cap stocks, they have more follow through in their patterns. Right. They, they tend to, like, if you look at Micron you know, MU. If you look at how that stock trades, I've been trading that for like two or three months. When it, when it fails in the morning, it just tanks, right? And it usually stays red most of the day. Once it goes green on the day, it usually just takes off and stays green most of the day, right? You kind of get to know these stocks. These stocks, they trade very similar because you kind of figure out their, their little nuances and their, and their patterns, right? Uh, but my advice, or not advice, but my, in my opinion, if you just kind of watch them for a few weeks and see how they trade, uh, you trade them, everything is just, you know, trade them as you would any other stock. Trade with the trend. Um, takes you, know, you don't have to trade big share size on these because you get such range, right? I would rather try and trade 200 shares of a $30 stock than try and put 5,000 shares into a penny stock and try and get 20 cents out of it, right? Because the twenty cents is a lot harder to get on the penny stock than the two dollar movement of the thirty dollar stock, right? Because those stocks they have a lot of follow through, and especially if you're shorting, if you're going to short, I don't remember who said it, but you know they take the elevator down, they stair step up, and then they take the elevator down, and that's very true with the uh, you know the other type of stocks. But to answer your other question, emotions are still there. I mean, we're all human. You know, as much as you want to be like a robot, I. I still get those days where I'm like, (laughs) 
you know, I, I maybe maybe it'll help Stevens yeah. trading now that he with that neck brace he kind of moves like a robot. <laughs> why don't why get get the like the arm braces yeah. on too? I'm, yeah. I'm gonna take this off. Yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, I would just say you know, it's emotions are there whether you've been trading three years or thirty years. We're all human. We all have those emotional days where you're just like. I get stubborn just like any other person. I'm like, F it. I'm going to be right today. And the market proves me wrong. (laughs) It kicks me in the ass and says, you are wrong. I'm right. So it's just one of those things. You know, I try as much as hard as just to trade what the chart is telling me. You know, I just base everything. Okay. Well, the trend is down. Everything's telling me that this thing is going to go down. So let me stop fighting it and just go with it. So I think that's what's helped my trading overall not only from the past couple of months, but the past year and a half is just not being so biased on something, right? Bias will ruin your trading career faster than anything you can think of. Always wanting to be long a stock, regardless of what it's telling you. I don't, I don't really understand that. I don't really know why people are so stubborn and only being long a stock. You know, they're like, they see a stock spike up and they go long and then they lose instead of just turning around and shorting the thing if you have that ability or that capability, right? Instead of just shorting, they just sit there and just go, well, there's nothing out there, nothing for me. So bias, just don't eliminate the bias part of it, I would say. Uh, Just be able to, you know, have that flexibility, right? If you see the short, take the short. Telling you that it's coming down, let's just go with that for now. Yeah, I think, you know, it's, and and, obviously my my personal Twitter account is pretty much worthless, but, you know, that's a lot of the stuff I, I goad people about is, you know, it's like, I love these, these guys that will all the, they, they will never buy a stock. They absolutely refuse to buy a stock. And all they do is call all of the longs idiots all day long. And I'm like, well, you're the same thing. You know, you know that yeah. I'm, I'm like, you're, you're sitting there telling me, okay, look at what the market has done over the last two, three years. And you're calling every long an idiot, but then you say bag holder, bag holder, bag holder. I'm like, you got the same mentality and that's why you get torched on the front side. So yeah. it's like, you know, and have that flexibility. Yeah. Right. And make sure, you know, I also, I always tell, you know, a lot of people come to my webinars on during, you know, every week is that you have to develop something that, that fits your style. Not everybody is likes to short. A lot of people are afraid to short because of the infinite loss <laughs> that you can accumulate. Right. So have a stop regardless of, of whatever it is, make sure you have a plan going into that. Right. Um, biggest thing I always get is I'm in a trade. Where's my target? Well, if you don't know that already, you're already behind the eight ball, right? You got to have some sort of point picked out, right? Even if you have a one-to-one ratio, it takes a little harder to make money that way, but at least, I mean, there's your minimum, have a one-to-one ratio. If you're risking 40 cents, you need to make 40 cents to have that trade even worthwhile. Don't just, risk 40 cents and take 10 cents of profit, right? That That's a great, great point. It's something I talk about every day. And it's a, it's like so many newer traders will, all they'll think about is the stop loss. And they won't even think, you know, they're just like, I hope I make money. You know, it's like, right. well, what what are you hoping to make? Is it 50? Is it 100? Is it 1,000? Or do you, you know, I've got the hot hole behind me. I mean, do you think this thing's, this stock is going to a hundred thousand, you know? Yeah. And I think that that's a great, great point that, that many need to take into consideration before you hit that buy or short button, 
what's your goal? Doesn't mean you'll get your goal, but right. what are you hoping to do here? I mean, At are least, you are you right. make hoping to make fifty bucks? Or are you hoping to make fifty grand? You know, right? And you know, I always tell me, the way I you know I explain it is that once you're in the money, pay yourself something. Don't let a green trade go red because your refusal to take a little bit off the table, right? Even if you're under PDT, well, make that PDT trade count, right? Don't sit there and look at it, be green, and then just watch it come back and, and go negative on you and then take the loss, right? Let's say if you're you're risking 20 cents to make, you know, 40 cents, you get a good two to one, three to one is ideal, right? Once you at your one-to-one ratio, then you take some off. You at least paid yourself, and now you can move your stops to your entry. So if the stock just immediately turns around and goes red on you, you're green, regardless of the, of the dollar amount. And I think a lot of traders focus too much on the dollar amount and not the, the actual trade itself. Because the, we talked about this last time. The, the money comes with good trading, right? So a lot of traders are like, well, i got to make 500 bucks today. That I got to make 500 bucks a day. Well, that's easy to do if you're focusing on the trade itself, right? Making $500, making $100 is easy to do if you get the consistency part of the trading down the right way, right? People are just wanting to make all this money, but then they get shaken out so easily because the stock pushes against them a little. And there's where you need to give a stock room to go. Stocks don't just go straight up unless you're Steven and you're shorting them. <laughs> I'm, messing with, I'm messing with you, brother. Um, <laughs> that was but, a good one. That was a good one. That, that, yeah. Um, yeah. I saw Jivo uh, spiking early. I was like, Steven must be in that one. <laughs> no, I was not in that one. Just so you know, I was. No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just messing with you. But, um, you know, stocks just don't go straight up. I mean, you have these parabolic moves, right? But you got to understand those get extended real quick and then they want to slam back down to some sort of moving average or some sort of support. So any normal average stock moving on an average day, it's going to go up a little. It's going to pull back. It's going to go up a little. It's going to pull back. And a lot of traders get shaken out too easily, in my, you know, in my opinion, because they're up. They're focusing on the money part of it. They see the green and then they see it dwindle down. They're up 40 bucks and then it goes to 20 and they're like, uh-oh, uh-oh. And then it goes up to 50 and they're like, all right. And it comes back to 30 and they're like, uh-oh. And they want to, they panic in a sense, right? Because it's yeah. not going immediately up as soon as they push the button. So, but that also that also goes back to having conviction in the trade as well. And one of right. the things that I learned is if you're going for two to one, three to one risk reward and you've got a plan, don't just panic out and settle for one-to-one risk rewards just because you got a little bit scared and you want to take the profits. You've got to play for the three-to-one risk rewards. Otherwise, you're not going to profit overall as a trader. Right. And you at least uh, pay yourself all along the way, right? They, they pay some, but don't take it all. Right. You, like I say, you take a little off. You take a quarter yeah. of it off. Pay yourself a quarter yeah. of it. Let the other run. Once you hit the two-to-one ratio, you take more off, right? Then yeah. you have the last quarter to go and, and run up until you're three-to-one and then beyond, whatever. But like you said, don't, don't, don't make yourself lose money because it doesn't go your way immediately. Sometimes stocks push against me 60, 70 cents, even a dollar. But I know this stock has got, you know, I, I know where this stock is headed. So on the pullbacks, I don't get shaken out. Right. And that comes along with the conviction for one, 
the share size not being overly sized in because the share size will make you it'll make you react erratically because you're you're you know Tim said it earlier if you're sized in too heavy your emotions become even heavier so you're you're so focused on not losing you wind up losing so I think with for me less shares is kind of actually better you know I don't I I make very good trades off two to 400 shares a day. That's it. You know, see, and I, that's a great point. I think a lot of, of people overlook that. I mean, again, you don't have to trade, you know, I think a lot of people think, Oh, it's a $1, you know, you're trading $1 stocks. Yeah. You got to trade a couple thousand shares, but you don't have to, there's other options out there. Correct. Right. You know, if, so what if you made 30 bucks, you made 30 bucks, right? Don't worry about the other guy who made 15,000. His account is different than yours. His risk tolerance is different than yours. So stick to what your account size and your risk tolerance is, right? Kind of enjoy your own process, you know. Uh, a few traders asked me, because, man, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't stomach standing trading 100 shares, you know. It's like, well, how's that been going for you so far, trading 1,000 shares? Not too good, right? So if that's not working, let's change that, right? If a thousand shares isn't working for you, less than that, let's see how you react when you're not so worried about the share size, you know? And I think everybody always asks, well, how, how many shares did you have? That's, that's irrelevant. The share size is irrelevant, right? Did, was the trade a good setup? Was it a good risk to reward? You know, that's, I think, is the main focus, right? Because when you have those, all those things come together, the risk to reward and uh, the conviction, like, you know, like Steven says, the conviction on the trade to keep up with it, it'll, it, there's no reason that you should be emotional. You can just sit back. You can even, you know, a lot of times I just go eat lunch or eat breakfast, I should say. You know, I get in a trade. I know where my target's at. I know where my loss is at. And I can walk away from the computer, go eat lunch, go for take a walk, go do whatever I need to do, and just let it play out, you know. Uh, maybe the question's a bit vague, but when you're trading these higher price stocks, uh, how much emphasis are you, are you playing on the technical analysis and how much is it uh, on the fundamentals? On earnings, fundamentals do come in it because I'm looking at, you know, we're looking at the earnings report, right? Uh, I'm looking at guidance. Guidance, you know, you could have great earnings, but the guidance could be horrible. That tells, that's basically telling me that, yeah, we did good now, but long-term we're looking, we're not going to do so good, right? So, if they got bad guidance, I'm looking to, I'm not really looking to get in that along in a long, it may pop at the open and then, you know, come back down. Um, but there's a little bit of fundamentals mixed in there. I'm more of a technical based trader. I'm trading what the chart is telling me at that particular time with, you know, biotechs are a completely different animal. You know, I'm looking at depending on what type of cancer drug or if it's for eye therapy those can be, you know, two separate worlds. Um, so there's a little bit of fundamentals that go in there. Not too much on the, you know, like the, the financial side of it, but a lot of it, when you trade these higher products, you have analysts who give you upgrades, you know, they're looking to upgrade the stock like Citibank is, is a real important player in the, in, in an analyst call Morgan Stanley and the big guys, Wells Fargo, those guys, when they put out price targets, you know, they're putting in money for their investors too. So they're not making a $100 call at a $50 stock for no reason, right? They're looking at the fundamentals and all this other stuff to get that stock to that price target. 
right? So there's a little bit of learning. There's a little bit of a learning curve in there, but it's it's really not that hard. What most people yeah. get shy away from is the price. They're just why it's it's too high price, right? I don't know how to trade a high price stock. The price is the price. Don't let the price scare you off, right? And like we said before, just you don't have to take a lot of shares in this. You can. I mean, I know I have a friend of mine who takes 10 shares of Netflix. He buys 10 shares. Sometimes he'll buy two shares of Netflix <laughs> and can make like 50, 60 bucks in a day on like a thousand dollar account. I mean, it's, it's, it sounds like what can you do with two shares, two shares of Netflix when it moves 30 bucks, <laughs> you can do a lot. Oh, but also in the hidden the hidden secret that people don't know about with the higher price stocks is there's always borrows. There's always borrows on the short side of the higher yeah, price you, stocks. Yeah, you don't have to worry about you know like I say. And <laughs> that's the thing. That's the good part because you know you don't have to worry about is this you know am I are the shares run out? Has everybody grabbed them up? <laughs> but, you know, uh, how much are the locates? <laughs> right. You know. Um, yeah, I just think yeah, it, it's not that hard. It, it does take a little bit of a, a different, you have to transition your mindset a little bit different, but in my mind, it, it just gives you better opportunity. And that's what we're trading. That's why the market is so great. Every day it gives us an opportunity, you know, to do what we love. You know, you're in this because you love it. Um, obviously you didn't give up, right? You've come too far to yeah. just give up, right? You didn't put in two, three years just to go, well, you know, that's enough. Right. You do it because you love it. Yeah, of course. So, and because you've kind of seen success a couple of times and you know you can do it if you just cut out that and if you just cut out that. Yeah, and like the market, you know, we're our biggest enemy, right? We, we're the ones who stop ourselves, right? Um, quit fighting yourself, I guess. It's the best word. Even like you, Stephen, you have the ability. You know you have the knowledge. It's just instilling yeah. that, say, you know what? Like myself, come 11 o'clock, I'm not in any trades, long or short. My entry cutoff period is 11 o'clock on the dot. My phone goes off with an alarm that says, do not enter any more trades. And I literally go, I hit the button, and I turn my broker off. I turn my platform off, or I unlock it down. You know, there's little lock keys on mine. Or I'll do something, and I just I go away. It, but it's, for me, it's just stupid things as well. It's like, I used to think, let's catch the top on a stock pre-market. And it would trade 50,000 shares pre, and I think this might be the top. But that is so illiquid that it can double in a couple of minutes. And I just yeah. think, just wait till 9 o'clock. Wait till the 300,000 shares have been traded. Wait till the bigger picture. And don't try and be perfect. Right. You know, it, we're never going to – I mean, you may get lucky and catch the top here and there. But yeah. what you want to do is you want to see the stock give you a reason to short it, right? Let the, let the lower high set in. Right. Yeah. Let it break the VWAP. Let it break that. You know, when it, when a stock runs up, it, it pulls back and then it jumps and it pulls back and then it jumps. Let it break those key levels. Let it break those yeah. things down to tell you that those key levels are now broken and we're looking to roll over. Right. Don't just because it runs up and then it makes a different candle, you know, the different candle colors. Oh, it's a red candle. We got to go, you know, it's a short. No, <laughs> and no, then it's Honestly, though, I just wanted to be like David Bowie. I just wanted to be the hero. I was like, I can read price action so well. I will catch the top every time I'm the hero. And I I got so much pain through that. that I was like, you know what it is? I'm not the hero. I'm waiting for the head and shoulders, and I'm going to short that right shoulder. And I'm risking off the high of the shoulder. I'm not being a hero anymore. Uh, I may be dating myself, but then you become the goblin in the labyrinth. (laughs) 
That's fine. That's fine. I'll be the winning goblin. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I say just let, let the stock present itself, right? That's why I'm not an open trader. I don't trade the open unless it meets very specific criteria. It's got to meet like two yeah. or three things for me to want to trade yeah. the open. Otherwise, I'm just – this is what I do at the open. I just watch yeah. it, develop it because – you, then you get that FOMO setting in. Well, the bell rang. Everybody's making money probably, and I'm not. So I better do something or I'm going to miss my chance. Yeah, I mean, I tell, I tell all traders, yeah. all new traders, I mean, avoid the first 10 minutes like the plague. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if I say for, for trading, it takes some experience. So, you know, you have to be able to withstand big volatility movements. If you're okay with that, by all means, trade the open. I'm not telling anybody you shouldn't trade the right. open. You can make a ton of money in 30 seconds and be done for the day in a minute. But for those who can't or aren't that level just yet, it's okay to wait a little bit, right? You know, the I don't know where I saw it, but the best trading times are actually 9.45 and 10.40, 10.45. You know, these odd numbers, but it's not at the open. But, you know, to each its own. I mean, if you know, if you can trade that and you can withstand all that volatility – Go ahead. I've just learned that statistically speaking, I'm not that good. And I can recognize that and say, okay, well, it just takes me waiting 15, 20, maybe 30 minutes before I see something that I know that, that I can just hit with conviction. And that thing is just going to do what I want it to do. It took me a good two or three months to learn how to trade higher price stocks and bigger, bigger stuff other than what's considered penny stocks. Um, and a lot, like I said, again, I give a lot of credit to the guys, you know, some of the traders that, that I trade with in the chat room over there at Awesome Calls because a lot of them are, you know, I know at least four of them are 30-year veterans of Wall Street themselves, you know. So I've been very fortunate to have that knowledge brought to me um, because it there was stuff I never even thought about knowing that, you know, about why stocks do certain things. And it's like, how would, how would I ever know that? There's no, There's no – book I can read on that. There's no YouTube video I can read. You know, it's just trading with people that have that real world, that trading experience being in the game since the, you know, the early eighties, <laughs> you know, uh, early eighties and the early nineties, you know, sometimes in sometimes back in the seventies. So it's, it's just, you know, yeah. but I think that should be, I know that penny sucks all uh, for the people who really love trading and the diehard about trading and the want to do it for the rest of the life and the no matter what, I mean, the obvious thing is to master each area and learn what, what are the best, 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 best setups in penny stocks and when they come, we'll nail them. What right. are the best, 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 best setups in the higher price stocks and when they come, we'll nail them. Right. And like I say, and I don't think the most fun. And that's what I say. I don't, it's not that I don't trade penny stocks. I trade penny stocks all the time, but it's not something that I'm just like specifically seeking out every single day. Right. If I, you know, I have, you know, my scanners that alert me to the ones that are gapping up and I'm not really less more or less looking at the percentage. I'm looking at the dollar gap, right? I'm looking at, you could have something that gapped up a hundred percent, but it only gapped up 20 cents. That's really not worth my time. If I see a 50% yeah. gap and it's up six bucks, then that's going to grab my attention, right? The, the gap percentage is not really the most important thing. I'm more concerned about the gap, how far it's gapped up from its close or gap down. You know, one of the go-to setups I love is the gap down, uh, short squeeze in reverse. You know, I love, I love the, when it gaps down, it squeezes up short, short covers cover it tops and then rolls over for the downside move. I love trading those. They're so easy. 
and they're so predictable when they do that. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I think you've covered a lot of a lot of really really solid points on on penny stocks and on higher price stocks, and and give a bit of an intro to get into higher price stocks, which I appreciate. I mean, I don't think I've got any any other kind of final questions. I definitely would end by saying I want to have a thorough of the higher price stocks at some point because I think in some ways the safer and the less manipulated. And and I don't know if you've got any, any final words on that. Yeah, I mean, of course, we all know penny stocks are manipulated. You know, you have the super manipulated OTCs and then you have the really manipulated penny stocks and then you have a little bit, I mean, everything can be manipulated to a certain point. You know, you can manipulate the way your press release, press release reads, you yeah. know, you can throw some words that sound good just to make, you know, things go. But for the most part, I would say there's not as much of the manipulation that we know as in penny stocks as in the, you know, the mid to large cap stocks, because it's, you have a lot of sec stuff behind it. You know, the sec, um, regulations and stuff that they got to abide by NASDAQ regulations and stuff like that. So, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of the whole market, you know, not just one area of the market. I like trading the whole market. I like as much opportunity as I can possibly get in a given day. Um, but just learn to be disciplined during that day, right? We don't have to sit there in front of a computer and just trade all day long, right? The biggest losses I ever had were between the hours of 11 and about one thirty. And that was my inexperience, just going – my inexperience as far as I would lose in the morning and go, man, I got to get something back. I hate being down. I can't take two days red. I can't be down two days in a row. I need to get some of that back. <laughs> and here's – you know, I, I will give you this, Stephen. I, I watched some of those other uh, podcasts where, like, there's a guy I learned to trade in a week. Okay. Um, there's another guy I thought it was really funny. He was like, <laughs> I got, got a loan, and you're going to watch me get rich today. You know? <laughs> I like, Boom, market's open. It's like, market's open. <laughs> Shit, I'm down. I just lost it all again. <laughs> like, oh, okay. So um, that's the mentality that it's just out there. You know, everybody thinks you're just going to, I'm going to go take out a loan. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't take out a loan to go trade. And then you're going to open an account. You're going to trade these low price stocks and you're going to be rich and you can just quit your job. It doesn't, it's, you know, it takes a little, it's a little more involved than that. I mean, it took me two years to be able to do what I'm doing now. Right. So, I mean, it's a process and you got to enjoy the process along the way. That's it. Yeah. And I just wanted to close with that as well. Cause a lot of people will give up hope after three months, six months, one year, one year and a half. You, you are, you are kind of a, not, I don't think addicts the right word, but you are, you are full on studying. You are devoting a lot of hours so for yeah, people I mean, studying kind of one, two, three hours a day, it's going to take two, three years. I, I, I used to track how long, how long I would study, right? Because, you know, like I said in the last episode that my study time didn't actually start to about 9 p.m. at night. That's when my kids went to bed, my wife went to bed. I go upstairs and then start YouTube videos, start studying, every chart study, everything to about two or three in the morning, right? Um, then I get a few hours of sleep, get up at six o'clock in the morning, look at the pre-market scans gaps even though i wasn't going to be trading i may or i might not i just wanted to be involved right i want as much screen time much interaction as i could possibly get and then while i'm working at my other job if i had some downtime and then doing hvac i was in attics a lot of time i just sit up there. i literally sit up there in a 100 degree attic watching my phone 
a sweat pouring down my face. I was like, I got to get out of here, but I got to watch. <laughs> I, I, rem- I remember though. I remember those, yeah. those picks. I remember those. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, you know, that's how, that's how much I, re- I that's how much I wanted it. I wanted it so bad that I didn't care if I was sitting in a 130 degree attic. This is the time I had. This is the time I'm going to take advantage of. And I, and I think that's a great point to close it on. Uh, this is the, this is the level of dedication that you need. These are the amount of hours that you need to put in. And if you think you're doing one hour here and one hour there and you haven't got it in six months and it's just not for you, then uh, maybe it's not for you because you need to do a lot more work together. And, you know, I think the great Kunal Desai said that he, he got asked, that is, can anybody trade, right? Is it for any, can anybody do this? And the answer is no. Not everybody can do this. That's just a simple fact of life. Not everybody. I can't be an astronaut, right? I'm not a good, uh, you know, motocross rider you know i can ride a motorcycle i'll probably fall off a whole lot but i'm not going to be great at it right everybody has a chance to ride a motorcycle doesn't mean you're going to be great at it this is this is a profession first right so like any profession you don't just sign you know try and get into the nba and being lebron right lebron was all the hours you know larry bird the michael jordans you know abdul jabbar's all the great ones it took them so many you know practice and over and over and over and just years and years and years of doing it that they became great right and you have you have the opportunity i would say you got the opportunity you just need to take advantage of it and uh we'll close it with that this has been the the sequel it will be a trilogy uh i'm sure we'll want to and i'm sure born will want the trilogy since he's internet's dropped in and out and hopefully i won't have blown up in many more accounts in the meantime <laughs> Well, I hope that well, next time we do this that uh, you won't be sitting in that office room there. You'll be sitting at your house. Or where are you at now, anyways? You in Dubai? Uh, yeah, yeah. I've been in Dubai for the past five years. Uh, I, was, I was at the point a couple of months ago where I was up like seven grand in a couple of months. And I was like, fuck F, sorry, the language. Fuck this. I'm traveling. I'm trading and traveling. I've got it. I'm, making, I'm banking a couple of grand a month. It's easy. Yeah. <laughs> and then the and then the market got too bullish and blew us out the water. Yeah. So yeah. Well, so now, hopefully next hopefully next time we see that uh, you won't be in your office, you'll be just doing whatever you want. Like I say, I took the time today to just come sit outside, uh, you know, did some yard work, enjoyed the pool, and you know, uh, here with you guys. Nah, dude, for sure, it's 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 cool. And I'll I'll try and get some tips on you on the higher price stocks, uh, and maybe one day, although I'll not trade them soon because Tim Sykes will break me neck. Um, hey, I'm always, one day I will we'll get to them. <laughs> I'm always here for. I'm always here to help. You know, I try and I try to answer all the DMs I get, all the messages I get. Um, so I, I'm always here to help. Oh, cool, man. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Hi, this is Aaron, aka Double A Ron, from New York City, and I like to go outside and find a stray dog. Preferably an aggressive breed like a pit bull or a Rottweiler. Then I get real close, stare it down eye to eye until it starts to chase me. Then I run. That's right, I run while listening to Stephen and Tim on the Steady Trade podcast. You can register to win real, actual prizes at their website, SteadyTrade.com. And if you really like what you hear, Give the podcast a five-star rating and write a glowing review on iTunes. 
I did, and this is how we say goodbye in New York City. <laughs>